Hello. Welcome back to Black and White. Hi. Hi, guys. (laughs) This is stupid. Like we are not doing well today. (laughs) When I was a yeah, we really aren't, but when I was a teenager, I slept a shit ton and I was like, oh, I'll grow out of it. Nope. I haven't grown out of it either. I need so much sleep. Like is something wrong with us? Literally, my mom at one point in my life was like, have you gotten your thyroid checked? And I'm like, no, mom, I'm 14. Anyway, that's beside the point. I am losing my mind. Okay. We got, you know, we got to talk about it. You know exactly what we got to talk about. Love is blind. These okay. people are unhinged and no, I am no. so here for it. Kelly, you and I are unhinged. They are clinically insane. Well, so are we. <laughs> that probably. Well, actually, I think <laughs> by definition, we might be. Um, also, that was no shade to those who are clinically insane. Again, we are one of you. We are. It's yeah. literally on antipsychotics earlier this year. It's fine. Okay. Well, I cannot say the same, but I probably <laughs> maybe could have been. I don't know. Um, who do you think is the most like unhinged? Um. Uh, well, I think the most unhinged is obviously Lydia. Oh, is it obvious? Yeah, she's insane. But there's so many people that I dislike. Um, like, I think the most upsetting um, person has been JP. And he's not even, like, involved yeah. anymore. It's like there are people that maybe could have had your spot and actually found their well i mean maybe not found their person because then maybe it wasn't meant to be but who knows but yeah like he i'm like who brought this bitch baby onto this show it's just hilarious that the whole premise of the show is about like is love blind like can you fall in love with someone without seeing them and i'm like guys your looks are not the reason you're not finding love exactly. like you are like, mentally unstable <laughs> yes like you don't know how to like the only one that actually confused me, though, in that regard is Taylor, because I'm like, she's gorgeous. She's so kind. She seems, she seems very level-headed, like emotionally intelligent, all of these things. And it's like, and she's a teacher, so she like has a heart for kids and all of these things. Yeah, and she left. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, why, JP? That makes me nervous. And it makes me like start to question his personal life. Did an ex come into the picture and he just like shut down like of course I always want to go for like no I think it's so I felt like I knew it wasn't gonna work as soon as they saw each other they were so awkward and I don't think they ever like got past that yeah but I think Milton was more awkward when he met Lydia have you seen that clip when he's like walking down I was almost at the aisle, but you know what the I mean. Aisle, like, essentially. Like the veal, the veals. Okay. Re- wow. The reveal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're revealed to each other and they are walking down that like little uh, corridor to each other for the first time. And he like didn't keep eye contact. It was just weird. I Just look at the, that clip. I think you'll. It's very it. cringy. This whole All season is so cringy. And I think it's my favorite one. <laughs> I don't think I have enjoyed a season as much as this one. Like normally I find myself on my phone a lot or like kind of bored watching Love is Blind. But like, I mean, over and over again, I'm putting my phone down and my jaw is like dropping. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, right. 
It's crazy. <laughs> I honestly could say the same. I've rewound it a lot because I think historically I've been able to watch Love is Blind when I'm like cooking or cleaning or doing something in my house that's not sitting in front of the TV, like staring at it. And right. I don't think that's true this season. Um, did you see, what was the blonde girl's name that like made it to the altar, but her story hasn't been covered? She made it to this season? Well, she's, they're saying she made it to the offer, or offer, <laughs> I guess it is an offer. She made it to the <laughs> altar, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. She's blonde. Oh my God. Hold on. I'm literally. She's like Googling. one of the girls that's just like always in the group. I don't right. know who this group is. I just know they are okay. all failing at love. I know everything about all of them. No, I'm just kidding. I may as well, though, because... Okay, Renee. It was Renee okay. and... What was the guy's name? Oh, wait, was it... Oh, my God. It's right here. I'm literally so close. I feel it. So close. Oh, my God. Where is this? Mother? I'm not oh, going to know Renee who this guy Carter. is. Renee and yeah, Carter. I don't know who that is. So I got to the episode where they were, they did the dress fittings and Lydia was there and she was like, and I brought my friend Renee. It was a bad cut by Netflix. Oh. That's what it was. And Renee oh. had only been for the season, but they wanted Renee to be there because she did, she does end up, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> she does end up apparently at the end with, who with Carter oh what happened to them why aren't they on the show nobody knows I guess they didn't have like a plot or whatever they just like weren't covered and I, I wonder if it's so much chaos going on with the other couples it's like do we really need this other I don't know mm. it's very mysterious but I am like so determined to get down to the bottom of it yeah I like really don't think that any of them should be getting married and I right I don't think they will. No, I think, I think that um, I think Izzy and what's her name will get married. I don't. I don't think she has enough money for him. Stacy. You mean he I mean, doesn't have enough for her? Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, I googled it again. Spoiler alert! I didn't Google how they who ended up with who, but I did Google a little bit of Stacy's background, which is in a it's very nepotism based mm. <laughs> and apparently she's an operations manager for her dad's like oil and gas something company mm. and this is all allegedly and uh she like doesn't do anything but she gets paid she's like on her dad's payroll literally like that's the dream i i know right but like how many people are going to be able to say they've done that, like, willingly, too? Yeah. Um, but, like, you know how they show her as, like, a Pilates instructor? So many people on Reddit were like, what the fuck? Like That was, it was so painful to watch. It wasn't true Pilates. It was, like, more Legree, which is, like, I love Pilates, but I love Legree, too. And I feel I like – I've never done either. Oh, my God. You're missing out. It's such a good workout, and it's so centering. Oh, my mm. God. You should – and you love yoga. I feel like you should definitely try mm -hmm. one or the other or both. Mm -hmm. uh, but Perhaps. yeah, there's so many comments. So many like people. I love Reddit because people notice everything. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I think Stacy and Izzy, if you guys have finished this last batch of episodes, again, another spoiler. 
they i don't think that they're gonna last because of the credit card uh situation oh yeah i forgot about that that was like a jaw dropper too like oh shit, know, guys right? you haven't discussed like, money we... right and then she straight called him out she was like so when i asked you when we were at the gas station and we weren't filming when i asked you do you why don't you have a credit card you just said oh i just don't like mm. and he was like no i i haven't found the time to be able to sit down with you and i'm like izzy baby go back I, he gives me college he gives me yeah. college and i just he's sweet and dumb yes sweet and dumb mm -hmm. and good looking. like mm -hmm. he gives me college frat guy and then maybe the red solo cups triggered something in me too who mm -hmm. knows but like i just i can't stacy is not gonna go for that because i not the bad parts of course but i relate to stacy so <laughs> i know you remind me of her <laughs> Sometimes love wants to fly first class. Like, it's just so simple. <laughs> anyway. A line. What a line. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Like, he went from, like, love needs shelter, love needs food, to sometimes love wants to fly first, first class. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. I've also been watching – this is all that I'm filling my brain with, is Love is Blind, Bachelor in Paradise, and The Golden Bachelor. Oh, my God, and The Golden Bachelor. The Golden Bachelor is the winner. Like, what? Yeah. This so show precious. is so, so precious. But then also we have the villains it. already. They've established a couple villains. Oh, so yeah. I'm not these ladies. Okay. I don't At the rose ceremony for the last episode of The Golden Bachelor, like it was like the first rose ceremony since the first night. And the fucking guy is crying, like, because he feels so bad about sending them home. I'm like, this man is not going to make it to the end. I literally said the same thing. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch him just crumble like, we're going to give him us. a goddamn heart attack. Yeah, like, he's not going to be okay. You know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can't wait, wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Well, with all of that said, um, so this week we're talking about personal branding with a very mm. special guest. We are so, so excited to have her, Lisa Sanders. She is a San Francisco Bay Area native, big fan, and she's been building global teams across many disciplines over the past 25 years, all while, may I say, holding C-suite level roles across business operations, people, legal finance, DEIB, and technology project management. She, her work over the past several years has led her to really excel at creating an organization's operation process, um, as well as maintaining and managing key strategic initiatives that help keep teams aligned with a business's key priorities. Um, she's been featured in Forbes Coaching, HR Council Publications, and all the things, um, speaking to her expertise. And being a San Francisco Bay Area native, she, in her spare time, she loves being at the beach, cooking with her kids, and going to live music events. So welcome, Lisa, to the pod. Hello. Thank Shake you so tip. much for having me. Shake your what an dish. Intro. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I, I'd like to meet her. <laughs> fascinating. I'm dying. I love it. I'm like, sis, that's all you. That's all you. Well, seriously, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Like, Honestly, when we connected about it, I was so excited about your enthusiasm and your willingness, and we just really appreciate it. Kel, I think I can speak for yeah. both of us. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. McKinley has been talking about wanting to have you on like since we started the podcast. So I'm so excited that like it's finally happening. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Thank so you for having me. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Literally like time and time again, we would love it. Um, okay. So we want to obviously welcome you warmly, but we today are talking about kind of like building a personal brand, your career path. You know, we want to know kind of how you landed where you landed. I think Kel and I can both speak pretty um, strongly to the situations we really odd, maybe very specific situations we have been in in our career. So please just guide us like any and every thought that you have. We want to hear it, please. So how did you like get it's your a lot start? to unpack McKinley? I know, <laughs> I know, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm like wisdom, 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 please. Like SOS, please. So yes. yeah, like anything that I mentioned in your intro, you know, what have you tell us about your background and kind of where you're at now. And then we can kind of dive into how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm San Francisco native, um, you know, obviously grew up in tech, you know, I, I was surrounded by it. Right. And it was, um, it wasn't really an option not to, you not to actually go down that path potentially, right. To actually explore it and go, hmm, maybe because it was everywhere. Right. Um, you know, I think of my kids now who are, you know, digitally native because that's just how they, they've known nothing else. Right. You right. Know, I mean, right. they think for the longest time, they think that anything they don't have, they can get in an hour on, you know, they can mm -hmm. order in an hour and it can be delivered to their door. Right. So, I, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, you didn't really have a choice, really. Mm. I mean, there's it was it was almost a default. Um, yeah. So I fell into it, fell into it um, really with a primary focus of um, people. Right. Yeah. I joined a very early, um, early in my career when I was in my 20s, I joined yeah. a law firm and the woman that was the um, VP of HR very sadly had been um, diagnosed with ovarian cancer mm. back, in, back in the 80s. Yeah. And obviously things were not as advanced as they are now. She knew that she was going to eventually have to leave. And she said, I want you to take over my job. Oh, I, wow. There's something about wow. you. I see it. And I was like, okay yeah like i came here to kind of explore mm. this but okay and so for six months i did this intense uh, you know immersion of you know people and and culture and you know places wasn't as big a deal then you know this was a u.s based you know national but u.s yeah. based company so places wasn't as much we were very localized you know back mm. in the 80s it wasn't this you know hybrid thing or excuse me remote thing so anyway that's how i fell into it Right. And most people in HR, people, whatever you want to call it, I prefer people, um, did fall into it. It wasn't mm. something that they, you know, they didn't study it in school. You know, like, you know, I'm applying for roles right now and it says a degree, you have, you have to have 20 years of experience and a degree in HR. I'm like, first of all, I don't even think they offered that. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, I mean, like, huh? It speaks like, volumes, though, right? right. Like, like, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's, it's weird, right? There's definitely HR, you know, has um, become a thing, um, but I fell into it and I was bit by the bug. You know, it was, um, it became very, it came very naturally to me and I'm not sure I know why. I think it's mostly because 
of my ability to talk to people mm. and to hear mm. and to listen. One of mm. my strengths or my superpowers is that I listen. And yeah. I don't just listen to pretend I'm hearing, right? Like I yeah. actually listen. Right? I can attest and to this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, that is a, a key component, a component of, of an HR, you know, executive leader or whatever. Right. right? right. And I think really any HR, but HR is now so distributed amongst different teams. And, you know, I mean, it used to be so simple. It was just, you know, we we're all in HR and there was right. one leader. Now you hire, you fire. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what the nuances of like an HRVP. Somebody asked me, they're like, well, what do you think an HRVP does? I'm like, that's a good question. I, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I don't know what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but they definitely don't do what I do. So I'm not really sure, right? Like how do yeah. they help me if they're not an extension of me, right? Yeah. So um, I think that's because I'm old. Like, you know, I've been around mm -hmm. a, a few times. Yeah. Um, You're as old as but, you yeah, want to so be. I into it. <laughs> And I love it. And it yeah. has been my passion from then. Now, fast forward and in technology, a lot of times you're working in, in startups, right? It's just mm. part of the Bay Area. Yep. And I grew up in the Bay Area. So literally here in Silicon Valley. Right. Um, so, you know, you start with, with startups and typically you're, you know, one of five people in the room, depending on when you join a company, right? And especially in an executive level, right? They bring in those execs to help build the company. Um, so you do a lot of everything because you have to, right? Mm. And so my operations background started very early because I started working for, you know, early to mid-stage startups. And it was, it was because it was a necessity. I had to do it, right? There was nobody else in the room to do it. So I, again, learned by being thrown into the deep end of the pool and going, okay, so I'm going to figure this out, right? And, you know, digging back into my, you know, business administration background and going, okay, I think I got this. And I had, you know, general knowledge of, of gap and, you know, those, but I had to, I had, I am self-made because I had to go and learn that on my own, right? I had to do that continued education because nobody yes. me. Okay, right. can we talk about really fast the idea of being self-made and how like we're in this era of like you hear about nepo babies, nepotism babies, and you hear about like all of these things. So I think that, and this is a very, very broad generalization. So please hear me when I say, I think that millennials, um, given like how the media is advanced, given how like we have all of these developments around us, Maybe I'm just like obsessed with millennials, but we are really the ones that appreciate like being the last ones that appreciate being truly self-made. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I remember at one point in my life, I swear to God, I'm going to get so roasted for this, but I used to think that Kim Kardashian was self-made because we looked at it through a different <laughs> lens. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, when yeah. you think about it, her father was wealthy. He was like, in his prime and was a retired attorney. Um, and obviously they gained traction because, or that family gained traction because of the OJ case and, you know, what have you. And then, um, you know, she like makes this sex tape with Ray J, which like, 
look, if I'm being honest, if I could make a sex tape and be as famous as that bitch, like tomorrow I would, but (laughs) that's beside the point. (laughs) Like, you know, so like hearing you refer to yourself as self-made, Lisa, like, I feel like that is, it's fucking cool. You know, like I Mm -hmm. love hearing that. Um, I have to ask you, is that a way that you've always referred to yourself or is it something that you kind of came Mm -hmm. to realize like, oh shit, I've, this is the life that I've built for myself. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, I have never actually identified myself as that. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's because, and literally I had to learn by myself. Mm. There was mm-hmm. nobody helping me. There right. was nobody in an organization saying, oh, let me teach you. Right, right. right. Wow. That wasn't happening. So yeah. I had to learn by myself. So yeah, yeah where I am today, is because I had to do it by myself. Right? Yeah. And I think that's probably, and I don't know, I'd be curious what you guys think. I think there's different definitions of self-made. Oh, right? of course. Right. That, right. Sure. There's like different, um, they're subtle nuances, but they are different, right? Like Kim Kardashian, I will use that as an example. She had a lot of, um, should we say and like support Um, advantages (laughs) yes yes advantages exactly she had connections because of the money the family like all of that and now right call herself self-made if she leveraged those right her to further her right yeah yeah i guess that is potentially could be viewed as self-made right you know Hmm. it's it's a different way to think about it yeah it's i think it's a little bit more nuanced probably than like maybe it once was um Mm -hmm. so it's super interesting to just like see how you know um gen z and like gen alpha have kind of come to define what self-made is it's it's wild to me which like i still love gen z we all know but that's beside the point <laughs> i'm like they're so what cool. is your deal i don't know it kelly they're just cool and they don't give a fuck about anything and like they're gonna be the ones to save the planet it's not gonna be us okay like, true. that's true come yeah. on christ definitely not gonna be my generation that's for sure yeah no. Up, so. no truly You're welcome. truly in more ways than one thank you <laughs> I'm dying. (laughs) Okay. So be, or I guess like, or I'm thinking about like your early career, Lisa, Mm -hmm. when we think about like, you mentioned the law firm that you worked for and what that looks like. And I often will tell people that I landed in my field completely by chance. Um, I was approached by someone who saw something in me that I sure as fuck didn't see in myself, you know? And they were like, you, I'm passing the baton. And I just remember being like, like deer in the headlights. Like there's really like, you know what I mean? Like, what the hell am I doing? I'm going to step, I'm going to rise to the occasion. But like, you know, so that being said, tell us about like your earlier um, career. Like, did you end up going to college? What degrees have you gotten? If any, like, what does that look like? Because I do think the narrative about that has changed over the years. Yeah, tremendously. And I am, you know, I am in a different generation. Right. Than, you know, so, um, you know, when, when it was time for me to go to college, it was a different, it wasn't, um, it's almost not a choice now, right? Like mm. for so many, like, mm-hmm. I mean, for my kids, I, you know, I wouldn't have said this out loud to them, but it wasn't a choice. They were yeah. going to college, right? Yeah. And I have one 
that's graduated and the one that is in college now. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't an option, right? Like my youngest took a gap year. I was like, that's fine, but you're, we're getting back. Like this yeah. is not a, mm -hmm. this is not a forever. Right. Gap, right? right. You're going back. So it was different. Right. Um, so it was the eighties, right. You know, mid to late, actually late eighties. And I, uh, I, I got into um, San Francisco state business administration, finished two years and basically money ran out on my parents' side. And mm. there was some, they had to deal with some stuff with family that just kind of depleted them financially. Mm -hmm. Both my parents were working. Like I was a latchkey kid. I raised, practically raised my younger sister. Um, and, you know, it was just, was one of those things where they're like, we don't, we, we can't, we're not gonna be able to right. do it. So it's either you or, and by then I was, you know, kind of living sort of on my, on my own. And mm -hmm. I had, you know, I, I sat down and had a, a good think and decided that I was going to go out into the workforce and yeah. figure it out because I needed to, I needed to make money. I needed to support myself. Right. Those were needs that I, I had to have. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there was no way to do that and stay in school. So I dropped out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people or a lot, I, I won't say a lot, but of my small pod of mm -hmm. high school and many did um, because it was just a different time. Right. You know, there wasn't, right. Um, living at home with my parents wasn't an option anymore. Like, right. Okay. Well, all right. Who's going to pay my rent and how am I going to do that? And where right. do I live? And what do I, you know, like, how do I feed myself? And that was yeah. like, it was a serious conversation that I had to have with myself. So I, I made that decision. Now, you know, looking back, you know, if I had had another option, I, I don't know, maybe there was, and I didn't explore it. I'm not sure, but I, I would have chose differently. I think um, hmm. I'm not sure why Yeah, but I would, I would have wanted to finish now. Yeah. Having said that the experience that I have had working since I was in my, early 20s mm -hmm. has been invaluable. Like I, I've learned more mm. working and being in it than I ever was going to learn in school. Yeah. And especially the field that I ended up in was not one that was, um, I swear to God, it was not an option. Like there was mm. not a you know, degree <laughs> in HR. Like that wasn't a thing. Right? Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of just learning it. Right. So I, I think that it was a fine choice. Right. You know, and it you know worked out, um, but I, I might have chosen differently. But yeah, so I, I didn't finish. Um, yeah. And there you know there's there's that you know yeah. that does that does follow me a little bit you know and it has over mm -hmm. the years and mm -hmm. I have had probably um, my fair share of conversations around why and honestly I've gotten to the point where I don't even entertain that question like yeah it's your business. Right. I right. Mm. Yeah. Another like, right, right. Like the tables have absolutely turned in that regard. And I think that dare I say the current generation is kind of getting back to that point of you don't mm -hmm. have to have college. Like my parents came from nothing. So they were like, okay, education is the way. Right. And of course you have the nuances of, being black in America and all of the things that play into that. And so in their minds, it was like education or nothing. Now mm -hmm. do like, I see that narrative kind of changing. Am I grateful that that's kind of the path that they guided me down? Absolutely. I'm literally looking at getting another degree and I'm like, 
We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, I can understand that. But also it's like the conversation around trade school, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, hello, there's multiple different parts of society that need multiple different types of expertise. Like, why would it be any different from an education perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. But, yeah, yeah. I was reading an article recently about that, about trade school and how mm-hmm. the enrollment or whatever you want to call it of um, kids doing that has dropped dramatically. Yeah. Because there's a stigma mm. to it, right? Right, right. But, but, you know, who's going to, oh, like, I just had a problem with my toilet, right? I tried to fix it myself. I went to Ace Hardware. I'm like, okay, my toilet's doing this. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> to the aisle and he put a bunch of shit in my cart. <laughs> and looked at me and I looked at him. I'm like, and then what? Like, to the next one. Like, um, so I go home with this shit and then what? Right. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you should hire a plumber. And he took everything out of my cart. And I looked and I called a plumber because that's what like, Oh, was, okay, great. What the fuck do I do with all that shit? Like, Oh, oh my right. gosh. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. I literally said, then what? He's like, hmm, that's a good question. Oh my god. <laughs> you should this. hire a plumber. That's the solution. Is leave my so store. You, you <laughs> do those jobs, right? And right. I have lots of friends who are craftsmen, whatever you want. Right. Them, right. You know, contractors, they're plumbers, they're electricians, they're all these things. Right, right. That have, they they're they do fine they're doing great you know it's not like you're living in you know a, a shack or a you know outhouse like yeah it's not, there is anyway so i think there's a lot of stigma there which we need to fix that yeah it, it's wrong it's just yeah wrong. no 100 percent. i even like when i need my own housework done i've noticed that and i don't have much to compare it to by any means but i noticed that like the pickings are slim like if I go on like like any website, it's like, okay, um, this person doesn't have great reviews. This person maybe doesn't have as much experience, like blah, blah, blah. And so it's been interesting to kind of see all of that. Cal, you went to school for, what did you get your degree in? I think I know, but I don't want to <laughs> say. I was an English major. Oh <laughs> my god! Yes. Okay, please can I just say? Read my blogs, please don't. <laughs> oh my god! Stop! Uh, I can't see. Okay, if I would have gone to my parents, <laughs> and this just speaks to so many different things, if I would have gone to my parents as they were supporting me partially. I also did a lot of work, thank you, um, through school and been like, I want to be an English major. I think they would have been like, we're cutting you off. Right. Yeah. Well, I started off um, college as a biomedical sciences major. That's how I oh, met wow. my ex-husband. Wait, and then what? I that I don't know that. I hated science. I went into college and I was like, I can be whatever I want to be. Like, if I want to be good at science, I'll be good at science. And then second semester, I was like, I'm going to drop biology and change my major to English. So, you know, things change. Was there like, an? yeah, that's a drastic change. I'm not going to lie. But was there something that like maybe triggered this decision or like, what did that look like? (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I went into college thinking that I wanted to do optometry. 
Um, and I had like <laughs> wanted to do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to do like mission work, and then I oh. met Travis in like biology class, and was like, never mind. I'll just go on mission trips with him because he's gonna do it <laughs> or she's like oh shit he's gonna be a dentist i may as well just like get a degree just in case and then not work yeah yeah but yeah well time, interesting you, yeah go uh, ahead when i changed Sorry, my Kelly. major to english i thought that i would want to teach and then i decided i hated teaching um when mm. i was in a classroom a couple of hours a week and decided I wanted to do ministry. So I've done absolutely nothing with my English degree. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Well, my, my youngest recently told me that he wants to get a degree in Asian American studies. Okay. Yeah. It's about as Imagine. good as English. Yeah. I was going to say, what is that like? Yeah. <laughs> I had to I had to noodle on that for a couple of days on how I responded. Right. My first initial to your point, McKinley, was what the actual fuck are you going to do with that? <laughs> like mm -hmm. literally and so it's like, it was just gonna be a hobby. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It's like underwater basket weaving, I think. Like it's it's similar, I think. I don't know. <laughs> like, but I couldn't figure out how I was going to approach it. Like, oh, right. don't, be careful, right? Right. And right. my children are half Japanese and half not. Yeah. And um, <laughs> clearly, um, and, um, so I had to be really careful. So I noodled on it for two days, and then I went back and I, I asked, I said, I'm going to ask a question. I just approached it as a question. I said, so what, um, what roles do you see? Um, your, or I think I said, what, how do you envision your career path with that? Great, mm. because I beats me. I googled it. I was like, I can't find that. What the hell those people do? I don't know. <laughs> and um, it was interesting because he even was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And then he came up with some stuff, and I was like, mm, okay. And oh. I left it at that, and I walked away. So I was like, all right. There's no, you know, it's it's your journey. It's your path. I. No, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it makes a difference. And what Kelly and I laugh about this all the time, we were very much raised in evangelical households. And so that being said, I feel like you're encouraged to have this like certain level of reliance on your male partner, um, emphasis on male partner, because yeah. anyway, um, all of that to say, it's just funny because Kelly and I will talk about our experience having been married and that's yet another difference. Like I never looked at my ex as like, Oh my God, he is going to make all the money in the world for me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember we had a conversation. We were in college, which literally makes me shudder, but we had a conversation and he was like, you know, I don't know who brought it up to be fair, um, I either said, how would you feel about, you know, your wife making more money than you? And then he was like, oh, like, I think that would be fine with me. Little did I know that was a red flag for other things, but that's what I heard. And I was like, great. And that's, that's how that works. So yeah. it's just funny to think like our lives were so different, even when they were married. Okay. What about like your now ex's career mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. how did that play into like 
Did you approach that as like, oh, a way to up level or what did that look like? Yeah, it was actually the opposite. And mm. I, you know, I mean, it, to this day, and it, he has on occasion admitted it, um, <laughs> when, I, um, because of who I am, and you know me, McKinley, yeah. um, I am, uh, uh, I'm not exactly a shrinking violet, right? That's yeah. just not who there's I am. There's no submission, there's no subservientness. You know, there's no just not who I am. biting your tongue. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> And he was, he didn't have a whole lot of, I don't know if ambition is the right word, but just um, not a lot of goals and not a lot of like, I want to be doing this or I want to be this or right. you know, he didn't have that. Right. And, you know, we're going to circle back on that, on the personal brand side, like how does that, yeah. you know, play into it. Right. He didn't have an idea of what he wanted his personal brand to be. Right. And yeah. so I, um, I crafted that for him um, mm. and, you know, he became a C-suite executive as well um and you know did fine he he did make more money than i did yeah um but it was mostly because i work in startups and you know a lot of my pay is is very tied to equity and yep. so yep. um you know typically you know we make less cash and more on the equity side but right. um, but yeah i crafted that for him and he you know is who he is because i did that you know um because he uh, couldn't do it himself he didn't have the skills to do that right like, nor right. the the vision and the you know like right he didn't know how right like he didn't know how to break it down and go okay this is where i want to be this is what i want to do and, and it's not always the end of like okay i just i want to be c-suite no there's lots right of right right of course right so, um yeah i think like on a smaller scale i kind of experienced something similar um so it's kind of refreshing to hear that. I think it's really hard being someone who is really a woman, specifically a cis woman who is very driven, who knows what the fuck she wants, who sees a very clear path ahead of her. And if there are any detours, it's like, okay, we're resilient enough to be like, okay, let's do what we have to fucking do. You know, um, there, you know, it does come with downfalls, I will say. So, yeah. Um, that being said, Talk to us any and everything about personal brand and mm. how you think about personal brand. Kelly recently started a new job. Everybody knows that mm -hmm. I am fun employed. I may or may not have an announcement soon, um, <laughs> but we will see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like navigating, being a millennial and navigating the workforce and everything that it's throwing at us lately, whether that be intense macroeconomic climate, um, whether that be the nuances of being ethnic in, you know, corporate or a woman in corporate, whatever, um, mm -hmm. maybe not knowing what we want to pursue. And like, you know, I think a lot of millennials and Gen Z can you know, speak to that. Anyway, all that to say, what has your experience been? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I'm going to start with that, you know, everyone is a brand right? Mm. We're all a brand, right? Um, and I, you know, I, I would love to ask the question of how often have either of you sat down and thought about the valuations of your professional brand, the you brand? I'm, I'm vain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think I think about it probably like <laughs> weekly. <laughs> 
think and that's you're because employed. you're in marketing too. Yes, I, mean, I am a marketer yeah. by trade. Yeah. <laughs> like it is very much. Yes. Exactly. But may I say that this is just how I think, like, generally speaking, but I also, I could attribute it to other things. But anyway, yes. So it's not, not many people sit down and think about that, right? right? They don't, you don't think of yourself as a brand, right? right? Um, And so that's a bit of a mind shift of, you know, when you're going to start to go down that, like, if you want to start to build a personal brand is to think of yourself as a brand, right? And, you know, all of us hold a brand value of ourselves, right? We represent our own professional brand, right? Just what we do, right? I'll give you an example. So let's say you're working for company A and you move from company A to company B, right? You carry that brand with you. It follows you, right? Experiences are brands. Um, so focusing on making that brand bigger, the you brand bigger, is more valuable and, you know, and making you more about, you know, visible to the world is important, right? It's something that you should do, right? right. Especially if you are, you know, and, and I think it depends on industry and, you know, all of that. But of course, yeah, it's a conversation I have with my oldest son quite a bit because I think he needs to do more mm-hmm. and, and he's a little resistant to it. And I'm not entirely sure why, but, um, you know, it is an intentional, strategic and proactive approach where you're crafting and expressing your value to others. Right. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Right. Because oh, yeah. It almost feels like an ego thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to go out there and talk about myself. Right. Right. Because I'm all that. Right. Um, and so that that also turns people off like, well, you know, I don't I, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. Mm. Um, you got to get comfortable with it. Right. If you want to start to build a personal brand, you need to be comfortable with that. Right. Um, And personal brand is not, and this is a common myth, it is not about likes and followers. Mm. That's a vanity metric Mm -hmm. that I would love to see go away. Right. I don't care. If I post a blog and three people say, great, okay, if you found value out of it, awesome. Right. Do I necessarily want 3,000 people to do it? doesn't matter to me. Right. If somebody finds value from something that I said or shared, that's fantastic. If it's one person, great. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing. You have to decouple that from the, you know, the likes and followers, right? That's mm-hmm. not that's not personal brand, right? Um and it's, you know, so that's where, you know, you should start, right? Is think about that. And I, I always say that when you're when you want to start to build that, you need to think of the why, right? And the why is a big question. You need to consider what the desired outcome will be from you building your digital brand. Let's just call it that, right? Because we're that's mostly twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> right. Um, so you know, what is the outcome? What is you need to ask yourself? What is it gonna? You know, what would make this work? Because it's work. It's not. You know, you can't do it off the side. It, like, you have to have a plan, right? Yeah. You have to have a strategy, right? Um, and you have to do it, right? Um, what would make all of that worth it, right? Mm. A year from now, what would that look like, right? You have to ask yourself that question. And it's, that's a big question, right? It's not, a lot of people don't know. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I want to be working. Okay, cool. Right. right. But what do you want to be working in, right? Do you potentially want to shift, you know, the market, like where you're, maybe you're in SaaS and you want to be in, you know, climate 
changed, right? Or yeah. you know, those are things that you need to think about. Like in a year, I would like to be doing that. Okay. Would it make all, if you got that, would it make all of that work worth it? Right? Wait, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Can I ask you now? My, my brain is, my wheels, they turn. Um, I'm sorry, I'm hearing climate change and I'm like, wait, is that meteorology? Are there other areas of like, yeah. <laughs> now I, and like, Oh my God. Is it engineering? Is it environmentalism? I have a million questions about that. Y'all, if you're listening, yeah, if you know anything, please email us or tell us or (laughs) something because, wow, um, I'm trying to, is it Al Roker? He's the um, meteorologist. Yeah. 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 We love you, Al. Anyway, so. Obviously, so what's super interesting is like you mentioned vanity metrics, which as a marketer, I'm super familiar with the idea of, frankly, metrics that just don't matter. They're not going to like drive impact or revenue or what have you. That being said, what is your thought about, I'm thinking social media, just generally speaking, what is your thought around kind of the standards for how to conduct yourself on social media? If we're thinking about like building a personal brand and I'll give you kind of an idea of what's going through my mind. It's like, you know, years ago, you couldn't be twerking on social media and keep, you know, an accounting job at like one of the big firms kind of thing. And I don't necessarily think that that's, that narrative is the same, you know, these days, like, there's this level of individuality that people are more encouraged to embrace. I just, I'd love to get your take on that. Yeah. I think that um, for me, for the social media side, right. Um, And you know, the metrics and all of that, I think you need to think about who your customer is, right. That's a big question. Like who is my customer, right? Right now I'm in transition, right. I'll use myself as an example. Okay. I'm in transition. Who is my customer now? Because I need to relook at how what my personal brand is, right? Because now I'm, because I'm in transition, I need to potentially change my customer persona, right? Who am I? Who am I building this brand for? And it will change probably over your career many times, and that's okay, right? That's you know we'll talk about the you know the starting from scratch thing, which you know you you and I McKinley have talked about a lot, right? Over the last few months. Um, but oh, you, need yeah. to, you need to do your research and figure out who your ideal customer is, just like we do in marketing, right? Just like we do for companies, right? Who's my customer? Right now, it's an employer. Okay, what is that? You know, it, and it's not a guessing game, right? <laughs> it's not a game. You have to actually, you know, research. Um, what what do those people care about, right? And then I then you craft your personal brand around that right if you are starting right. from scratch maybe you're doing a shift maybe you're deciding okay and so many people are now doing that right with mm. all of this you know all these layoffs so many oh, people yeah. are like i'm gonna do something different right i'm gonna be my own boss i'm gonna right. you know i'm gonna consult i'm gonna do taking that leap my, yeah my project, right right um you have to you have to start from the, the beginning and go okay who's my customer right and and then you start to build that that'll fuel what your personal brand is right or what you you know sometimes you have to do refreshes so let's say you're just doing a refresh right um and i think that it's some questions to consider 
are like, what are your customers frustrated by? Let's say you're starting, you know, and I'll use myself as an example. Maybe I'm starting an HR consulting business, right? What are my potential customers, my target audience customers? What are they frustrated by? What are they suffering from, right? What are they looking for to stop that hemorrhaging or to put a bandaid on that pain or, you know, what, what would their desired outcome be, right? You have to think about all of that. You have to kind of get in their heads, right? And go, okay, well, if, you know, if it were me, I think they want to reduce costs. Okay, so consultant kind of makes sense, right? They're suffering from, they're frustrated because they, you know, they've been given too much to do and they, you know, realize they need somebody to do this. Okay, um, what's their desired outcome? To have a, a, a company that has, you know, a culture. <laughs> like you can't get rid of your entire HR team and then expect a culture just to make be there. To continue, like, right, right. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, if nobody's paying attention, then it's done. Like yeah. you just killed it, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, you set up your strategy and your plan for building that personal brand around that, right? That right. pain points. What are they suffering from right now? Right. right. Um, so, and I think that, you know, I mean, obviously social media is the, you know, I, mean, I do primarily um, LinkedIn. I'm not a huge Twitter fan or mm -hmm. Twitter user, I should Was say. Was it X and now? I, is it X? Is it still oh, Twitter? Yeah. What is it now? Are we tweeting know. or are we Xing? I don't know. X Elon, can yeah. you write us and let us know? Thank you. Anyway, sorry, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I definitely don't do TikTok. Um, but, <laughs> Some people, I, I don't know, I, different industry, you know, certainly. Right, that. right. Um, but yeah, you need, to, and then you need to come up with your plan. You need to structure it around that. Right. right. So once you've kind of figured out why, what would make it worth it, what, who is my target customer, right? And then you start to make a plan, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I would say starting with your profile is a really good place to start, right? Um, and I'm guilty of this because I haven't updated my profile. Um, and, and do you mean like LinkedIn a, profile or like just yeah. general like social media profile? Yeah, just yeah. social media profile, right? Yeah. Um, I I haven't done it. Um, I need to, and I haven't yet. Um, yeah. I will say there's a caveat to this, and and that is that when you are an executive, mm -hmm. typically you don't put the available, you know, for hire on your LinkedIn, yeah, right? yeah, so the banner, for sure, right? for sure, the banner, it's, right? Yeah. So there's, you know, it's. Uh, anyway, it's nuanced. It's nuanced. Right, right. right. Exactly. Like everything, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, but there are things that I can do for my profile or to mm -hmm. my profile to change it to set it up for that success, right? Of right. finding my, you know, my new home, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, that's important, right? You have to do that. Um, and right. that, I haven't done that yet. So I am, I am guilty of not having done that. Um, as I sit here talking about what everyone should do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Story of my life. Don't do as I do. Do, do as I, I exactly. I was about to say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't go to my profile. Um, yeah. um, so, uh, one of the things that I, I say, uh, you know, when I, when I'm, you know, coaching people is that, you know, uh, you need to consistently call out who that customer is right in your profile in your blogs in any content any comments that you make you know like any of those things you need to be very you don't just make offhanded you know 
comments on stuff. Like that's think about it. Right? I can't don't relate. I don't know what you mean. Answer like oh, that's a really <laughs> great article. Okay, nobody finds value from that, right? Like okay, Lisa, I absolutely do that. I'm not gonna lie. Is it yeah. maybe when it's like a sip and click moment? Like you know, it's like mm -hmm. 10 p.m. and I'm scrolling through yeah. the fun articles on LinkedIn. Yeah, maybe, probably. Yeah most yes. likely but i 100 percent right. do that and i want to make impact it's just a matter of like okay how how do you find the motivation or get there you know what i mean yeah so what i do a strategy that i do is if i find something that i'm particularly you know interested in right yeah um and it could just be a post or whatever i will i'll save it right yes and yes. i make a list for myself and i go okay i want to go back and and because i want to comment on that because i I feel like I have something to say, um, but I want to think about it, right? And I want to mm. be very mindful about what I say, right? right? Because as we all know, when you're following somebody on LinkedIn, they're, when someone that you follow, like their comments come up, you, they, you're not oh, fine, right? McKinley yes. commented, right? Absolutely. And I'm go straight there and look at it because you're McKinley and because right. I like you and because I value, right? right? So you have to be careful, right? Like just saying, cool article. Mm, okay. It's That's like... Was that you yeah. or your cat typing that? Exactly. <laughs> Who types that? Your child? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, so I make a list. I save them. And I, you know, there's no time frame that, you know, there's there's no clock on yeah. you know, when you can comment on something, right? Of course. Um, so I'm very, very mindful and very strategic about what, um, when I do comment. Um, because I, I'm talking to people. Right. right? People, okay. someone is going to see it. They're going to yes. go, hmm. Right. I have a quick question. Um, I know Kel wanted to ask something, but I something that just came to mind. I had know so many people. Well, not so many. Actually, I could probably count on one hand. So that was one hundred percent a lie. Um, but I do know a few people who are relatively successful for like their stage in their career. Um, maybe they're not as successful as they could be, but they're definitely not. You know, like winging it. Um, and there I'll go to their LinkedIn profiles cause I'm a freak. I love LinkedIn. I love connecting with everybody that I know. Are you a distant cousin? Are you a great aunt who has passed away? I'm going to connect with you on LinkedIn. Okay. Like, I don't care who it is. Um, are you a colleague or a person that I like went to college with and like, haven't thought about for 10 years? Maybe. Okay. But what is your thought having been someone who's hired people on going to their LinkedIn and it, LinkedIn specifically, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and them not having any sort of presence, they're not active, maybe they're connected with, you know, 11 people. What is your initial thought? And kind of how do you approach that? Yeah, I think it depends on the role. You know, yeah. if I'm hiring for a role, it depends, you know, engineers, I don't typically are not very active on um, social media or so on those LinkedIn, suckers. Right? Yeah, yeah, they just don't. They're not. It's not their thing. It's not their. Yeah. Job. A lot of times they're not even on it at all. You know. Yeah. Um. If for that, I go to Git, right? Because yeah. that's that's where they play, right? So you have to go like where they play, like where yeah. where, do, where do engineers play? Okay, there. Um. To see what you know they're contributing and you if know, you get all lucky, um, Reddit, Medium, yes. Yep. Yeah. But there are roles in marketing, in people, in sales, you know, there that I app in product, I absolutely go to look and see what they're talking about, right? Yeah. Because it is a reflection on you. Like I say something and someone goes and looks at it and goes, Oh, that was 
lame or you know what the hell was that right yeah yeah it's, it reflects badly on me and you know i'd rather say nothing at all and i'm a big proponent of you don't have to comment on everything like don't i actually don't do that if you don't have something interesting to say or whatever and, and interesting and that's all you know subjective but if you don't have something to say just say nothing that's okay i'd rather you say nothing than say something stupid right or fluffy or whatever right um so yeah so just don't but yeah i absolutely do for a lot of roles i do um accounting not so much finance people don't really do that um but but i do i go to linkedin a lot i'm like finance um, people have look, no souls I look, i'm kidding yeah yeah <laughs> so just, there are certain roles that they just don't it's not their it's not where they play you know oh my play. god yeah you know i just i feel like early on i very much was like of the mind you know what discipline would i pursue like road less traveled what did that look like like my ex-husband had a degree has i don't know why i said had he still has the degree it has not been taken away um it. yeah he lost it well <laughs> i'm biting my tongue i'm biting my tongue i'm biting my tongue um <laughs> he got a degree in economics i got a d in economics it was like the only d i've literally ever gotten in a class ever in my life and i was in microeconomics and i just like wanted to gouge my eyes out every time i thought about it let alone being in the class you know whatever um that being said i feel like i mean it's very like plain and simple like as you are leveling up in your career regardless of that be you know in discipline obviously there's um shifts to make but yeah i want to frankly i want to talk about money but we can get to that in a second kel am i do you have anything that you want to ask I think you're on mute, Cal. Oh, yeah. I was going to say wait. Wait. Hmm. It doesn't show that she's on mute. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder if there's anything I can do. Hold on. Hmm. I think it was her connection. I lived in that building mm -hmm. and the connection was not it. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a, a you know, a, a place where they can merge. And I do, you know, I, one of the things that I absolutely is so important is that you have to be authentic. No matter what you're saying, you have to be authentic, right? Otherwise, 
it's just bullshit and people see through bullshit in about five seconds right it's um so you you do have to be authentic and you know talking about and i'll just touch on that kelly of the you know mental health stuff right like everyone's you know the pandemic just you know amplified it but um we're all going we're all fighting our own battles right and we all have you know something there and i think there is a way to share that in a authentic but not raw right like there is a there is a there's a difference right between authentic and raw right there is um you can be honest you can talk about your struggles but i would suggest doing it in a way that is not um going to be received as this person's a hot mess right like there's something going on like this is really right like you don't want people to read it and go oh god that's just i feel so bad for them right and and then you know they're you lose them right um so yeah i i think that there is a, there is definitely a, a a place where those converge for sure you know and i talk a lot about you know about mental health um because it's you know very much part of my job you know that um i need to be very cognitive of that you know people are struggling you know and myself included in my own ways you know um and it's important to be present for that right and to um in my role and so it's become it's a huge topic i talk about it a lot in panel discussions um and you know obviously i talk about it with my employees you know and um kind of create that safe space for them but you know i think there is authenticity is absolute a must in any brand strategy um and i think that you know mckinley you probably agree from the company standpoint too you know you have to be authentic you have to be honest and authentic yeah i mean if it's something that you're looking at from a long-term perspective for sure i mean i'm like you could get by being a fake ass motherfucker you know for only so long but yeah yeah exactly Mm-hmm. Wait, I well, love yeah, and that. I, and there's a story there, Kelly. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. I do. I agree with you. I and I think that there's a story there, Kelly. There's the story of where you, you know, what you're doing right now, and you are in the thick of it. You are experiencing it firsthand. So what people like, people you're working with are struggling, right? And it's and it is raw, and it is just profoundly depressing, right? Um, but there's a way to talk about that and to loop yourself into it, right? Like you can circle it back around a lot of times i'll talk about you know something kind of bigger and then i boil it down to what i'm going through right like the things that i struggle with right um 
so there's a way to to do it you know but again it's nuanced and you do have to think about it right um but i'm not a huge fan of just throwing raw stuff out there and you know think about it a little bit that's all i would say yeah yeah but, yeah. There, but there's a way to weave them right that's so interesting that you say that because my thought i think of things in <laughs> i'm a very black and white thinker <laughs> um did I name the podcast potentially? Um, but my thought is like, I remember back in the, in my, in my day, I would post something on Facebook and my mom would be like, McKinley, would you want your employer to see that? And meanwhile, I'm like working 15 hours a week at Banana Republic. And I'm just like, uh, sh no, like, I don't know. I don't know, you know, but now it yeah. kills me. Right, yeah. I'm like, shout out to Karen for really, setting me straight for my banana republic career um but no like i've gotten to the point where i'm very much just like i i don't know it's like the boundary lives within me i don't want to say naturally because i'm not necessarily gonna like openly post you know only fans content not that i have an only fans i fucking wish but that's a different conversation but i'm also <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> that is another, oh, that's another episode. It's another yeah. episode. All right. We'll cross yeah, that bridge yeah. in the future. Um, but I also like, I'm, I've been approached and Kelly and I've had this conversation, like social media is so complex in that, like the people in my inner circle know how shitty my life has been and can be, um, as can everyone's, but I don't, I'm not quick to show that on social media. But contrary to what you were saying, Lisa, I want to show that vulnerability on social media. Now, is it necessarily a vulnerability that I want an employer to see? Probably not. But I'm also like, again, zero OnlyFans content at this point. Stay tuned. It might change. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, there's just, it's, it's like very, again, very nuanced, but like, that's what works for me. And I, I guess what I'm asking is like, I'm sure there's a personal aspect to that, right? Like if you're a teacher, you're not going to be like show like posting a video, like throwing back, you know, two pints of beer at once kind of thing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have I'm not I mean, from experience. Yeah. It, it, it's well, to your point, you're talking about know your audience, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know your audience. And um, that's, you know, I, I think that sharing, you know, your life, things that are you're going through is important. It's absolutely important. Don't think I don't have a blog written already for my situation. Yeah, right. Now. right it's ready. Right. It's ready. To, it's in, it, it could be published in a hot minute, right? Amen. Um, yes. I needed to do that for me. You know, it was a, was a cathartic thing for me. I had right. to put it down. I had to, um, and someday I will share it. Um, yeah, not today, but you know, someday I will, um, because <laughs> you're it like, is, if it's on um, my deathbed, I've still shared it, but yeah, it may be on know, my deathbed. It's going to yep. depend on what the NDA says, but you know, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but those are things like it's important. Right. And, but you know what I do is since I can't, hit publish yet on that blog that's just sitting there and my fingers itching to do it. Um, right. I will, you know, there are people that I follow um, and I'll, you know, share some of those profiles with you because they're very, um, they talk a lot about 
being a um, a woman in business now, right? And all right. of the challenges that we have. And, and you can imagine growing up in the 80s, mm. what I struggled with, right? Like yeah. it's some horrific, uh, horrific stories. I will write a book someday um, that, oh God, you, know, yeah. you know, people, their jaws will drop. Um, so it's, you know, it, instead of doing mine, I go to other people's like, and, and I'll craft a comment, right? Mm. Or a response or whatever that brings it back to me, right? Like includes me in it, right? Without, you know, like blasting, you know, a, a blog that, you know, will coming soon. Um, so I'll, I'll, that's how I do it. And that's for me, I have to do that. It's a, right. it's also, it's a, it's a therapy thing for me, right? You know, what, what I went through was horrible, you know, and yeah. painful every day. Um, and I'm working through it, but it's, you know, there's my audience doesn't want to know all of that right now. Right. And so I find ways to do it that are being authentic to me. Right. Um, and that's, that's my strategy right now. Um, but there are ways to do it without, you know, airing all your, without showing your ass and yep, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Um, absolutely. (laughs) I feel like I've been learning a lot about that in the past several years just because of where I'm at in my career. So again, it's just, it's a learning process and I'm like, you have to take it a step at a time. This is maybe me being a little bit of a hypocrite, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So can I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about like um, how you devise and and there's different parts, but uh, you know, content is a big deal, right? With personal brand. And you know, right. having a content strategy, just like for a business, you need to have one for your own personal brand, right? Um, and you always want to be keeping in mind who your ideal customer is, right? What their problems, what solutions, so that you're engaging with them, right? So right. they're pulling your stuff out and going, oh, that's interesting, right? Um, recently, I've applied for a couple roles and there has just been coincidentally something very um ties back to a blog that I wrote recently. Right. And yeah. I've included that in my, in my, you know, my application or whatever. Right. Like, right. It's very interesting because you brought this up and the, you know, um, and that's served well, you know, I don't know if people read it, it doesn't really matter, yeah. um, but it is, you know, having a content strategy is really imper- important. Right. Um, and then, you know, the strategy also is the cadence, right. I have said this already. I do not talk just to talk. You know, a lot yes. of people push out so much content, people that I adore, like people I follow on Instagram. And sometimes I'm like, wow, it's just so much. Like it just, it's a lot, right? right. So there are times where you had like, stop talking. Like you don't have to talk about everything, right? Right. Um, save it for when, you know, it really, you know, it's going to make an impact or whatever. Um, so I, I don't talk to talk, you know, I am very strategic about my content and what's happening at the moment or if something sparks something and and I and I hold on to them you know I have drafts in my my you know medium account that I that are just sitting there right and right. they're just not ready to be pushed out um but you have to have a strategy right and if you have an ideal customer you 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 know you have that customer persona you want to make sure that your content is something that they will engage with right and that they're going to find interesting it doesn't mean that all of it has to be 
a healthy balance is probably yeah right. no that makes sense my last okay so we have one last question for you and mm -hmm. this kind of is like all-encompassing because we've talked a lot about the idea of a personal brand how that plays into you know working in maybe a corporate setting um you've spoken to your experience but specifically your experience around working with startups and earlier stage companies all in all let's say and this is something that i think i've kel you and i've both found a lot of people working in let's say you're just in a hostile work environment okay like for whatever reason i think legally like I'm sure there's a million ways to define that, but let's just say that that's what you're dealing with. Or maybe you have a manager that you're like, oh my God, this person makes me want to like unalive myself, you know, whatever. How, what the hell do you do? How do you go about dealing with that? Me personally, I write about it. Mm, yeah. I would write a blog and go just because that for me is like I say, it's a cathartic thing. Like yeah. it's, um, being in a, a toxic environment or feeling like you're, you know, being marginalized in any way or mm -hmm. whatever is very, very hard. Right. Right. And, you know, calling, you know, specific people out is bad manners and not good for your brand. Um, yeah. And, but, but instead I'll write something about it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then I push that and it's, um, it feels good for me and, I don't care whether or not the, the person or the people or whatever actually see it or read it. I don't actually right, care. Right. Um, it's more for me. And it, and, like, and I, yeah. use it, I, I think about it like it's an educational thing too for me or, or um, to use your term, imparting some wisdom. Like, you yeah. know, this is, you know, if this is happening to you, right, you're right. not alone. Right? Yeah, it, it, for it, sure. Yeah. I have been in I, environments that like, I mean, much like you kind of described, obviously very different time, but you were describing your experience through the eighties and what have you. I have worked for some companies where it's like, hello, like it's, it's hard to almost think of it as a toxic environment because you're like, I just want to be treated as a human. Like I don't need, you know, a fucking red carpet every time I walk through the door of the office or like what have you. I just want to be treated as a human and I want my work to be valued. And it's kind of like it's, it's some for a person like me, it gets to you really easily because you're like, oh, like I've worked my ass off to do it really at everything that I do. So why am I falling short at this? And then you're like, okay, well, like is XYZ not meant for me? Like you can spiral, you know, but mm -hmm. I definitely want to echo the whole idea of like, you're not alone if you're dealing with something like that. It's, it's rough. And I think we as humans, like we seek purpose in everything that we do inevitably because it's how we were wired. And so it's really difficult a lot of times to, you know, be in um, a career or working for a company that you've maybe worked for for forever. And it's like, we spend so much of our lives working. It's easy to like, let that get to you. So 100% yeah, hear that. I, yeah. I agree. Um, well, all of that said, we want to thank you again a million times over frankly for being on the podcast your knowledge is i swear to god like infinite and i'm pretty sure i can speak for kelly and myself when i say that 
we are both likely going to come to you for career advice <laughs> until the end of time, <laughs> until time. my retirement <laughs> date, honey. Okay, let me tell you. I'm yes. shooting I think for I remember 35. telling you that we're we're friends forever. So. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no there's no you're, turning back. Yeah, sorry we're locked that. in, blood packed, blood packed. Sorry, not sorry. No, yeah, exactly. Ditto. Ditto, ditto. But yeah. no, thank you yeah. for being here. We have so, so enjoyed having you. Um, you. And can you share with our audience where to find you on social media? Yeah. All the good things. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a hyphenated um, last name. So it's Lisa Sanders-Nakahara. Um, uh, my medium is in there. I have, you know, lots of content in there. Would love feedback. I am all about the good, the bad, all of it, um, because that's how I get better. I'm not a writer, but I aspire to be. Um, And uh, yeah, there's lots of good stuff there. So definitely connect. Um, Would love to continue conversation and um, yeah, talk more about all the things around people and culture and operations and finance and marketing. Yes, yes, all the things, all the whole umbrella, the whole, the whole shebang. All of it. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much, Lisa. We will hear from you soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.